But I also want to turn to another topic that got you some heat on Twitter this week, uh, and that was related to Diane Feinstein. So maybe you could actually just describe what happened, the pushback, and your general take on it, because it is a very interesting approach about effectively public denunciation of kind of public but kind of private figures. So I was just curious, your approach, um, what happened, why you did what you did, because I find it very fascinating as a political tactic. Yeah, so um, my FOIA lawyer, a good friend, Beth Borden, she had been talking to me about the pragmatic effects of not having a certain federal judge appointed in in Florida and how that was affecting her caseload and how this is affecting like all kinds of public defenders and invariably like all kinds of other people generally um, there are a lot, I mean, it has real human consequences when when the judiciary, because of Feinstein's illness, um, supposedly shingles, um, who knows, because we also know from all kinds of reporting that she has dementia, and I don't think you come back from that. You know, there's real human consequences to her not not being there, able to appoint judges, and so I was just angry about it. And one frustration I have is that norms in D.C. hold that you're not supposed to talk about staffers. Not just low-level staffers. You're not supposed to talk about any of the staffers. You're only supposed to talk about the member. And that's just something I don't agree with. So I thought, well, there should be some sort of social cost to these guys' willingness to weekend at Bernie's, the senator who is logjamming the entire you know judicial appointment system. And these are very powerful lifetime appointments to you know circuit court judges and that kind of thing. And so I just, as reporters, we have certain resources to be able to look up the staff. I mean, that's also all public. So pretty much what I did was just tweeted out, here's who they are. Here's how much money they make. That's it. And and since that violates that norm that I described before, if you look through the reaction, the angriest quarters were here in Washington. Because, um, you're again, you're not that across the line. You're not supposed to say that. But to me, to say that these folks, um, I would agree that they have you know limited agency in this situation. But to say that they have none, I just disagree with that. And that was sort of my motive in tweeting out, who they are. Let's include in this discussion. I mean, to my mind, I think that it should be, you know, there should be some sort of social cost, J- just like, you know, um, if you're working for any evil corporation or whatever it is, people, it's going to cause people to draw conclusions. I don't think they should be able to hide behind um, this, 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 this normative, uh, you know, oh, we're not allowed to talk about them kind of thing. So where do you think that comes from? The, the, you know, you're allowed to criticize the boss, but you're not allowed to criticize the people who work under them. Is this like a no ethical consumption under capitalism thing? So we're all, you know, embedded in the system. I think it comes from the staffers. If you look at the reaction, a lot of them were like, Ooh, it's like, Ken's going to find that he's not going to get his phone call picked up next time kind of like threatening like they have a lot of power over the media because they place a lot of the stories and they determine if if the reporters are going to be able to access the member or information from the committees now as we've talked about a lot of my sources are in the intelligence community so i don't really give a shit it doesn't affect me but basically most of the reporters they care intensely about this kind of thing and so i think that um you know part of their reaction is anger at that can't be brought to heel because of that and, you know, I wish, I wish there were more media resources for people that didn't have to rely on them. But unfortunately, that's not really, that's not really the case. Um, I think you make a point that, you know, no ethical consumption or capitalism. I get that. I, I agree that there's like limited, um, uh, you know, input that they have. I'm not saying that they have the power to like ouster, but if they all got to, I mean, I was talking to 
coworker of mine and he made the point, you know, if they all got together and put out a letter and, and jointly resign or something, I mean, that would, that would increase the political cost to um, not just Feinstein, who obviously is out to lunch at this point, but on people like Chuck Schumer, who have overseen all of this and allowed it to happen, you know, they would, they would feel heat from that. So, you know, is this going to be some panacea? Of course not. But, um, you know, it's a form of political cost, just like anything else. Can you ethically work for someone in Congress under the present system? Or what do you think makes why, – why shouldn't all of Schumer staffers also do this? Why shouldn't any number of Congress members, staffers also do this? You know, as you well know, supporters of imperialism, supporters of uh, anti-civil liberties, you know, supporters of a horrible oligarchic system that has done damage to us all. Shouldn't everyone in Congress do this? I guess, yeah, there's something to what you're saying. I mean, I do know some decent staffers that are really pushing up, you know, living their lives, um, um, swimming against the current and trying their hardest to, to.